With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Just like that, second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. Six and Peabody are located with Yaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Place uh, you jam throughout the weekend for all the championship games. Everyone tuned in here, you'll be watching along with us too. It's going to be a a fun evening tonight. And then, uh, of course, all day tomorrow. Uh, The average ticket price, uh, the get-in price for the Power 5 Conference Championship games. Uh, Would you... Well, I could run through. You may start with the highest to lowest. I'm guessing the highest will be in Atlanta. It is. $533, the get-in price right now, for Alabama taking on Georgia as the Bulldogs. Still, the most under-discussed, under-rated storyline is Georgia's going for a three-peat. $533 for that. It's also really a testament to their greatness that it is so under-discussed. It's just a given to everyone how great they've been. It is, but I mean, I'm just that we just have not seen that though. No, you know the dynasty of that we have not seen. Uh, it it really shows how much Michigan uh, was the the shadow over that story. Uh, number two surprised me. Conference USA. No, Power Five. Okay. Uh, number two. ACC? ACC, $88. That's the drop-off. Number two to number one. 533 to $88 get in price for the ACC. Big 12's at, at three, $71. Big 10, $58. And the Pac-12 at 42 Big 10 is still in Indianapolis, right? So they play that game? Uh, yes, it is. But if you add up the other four, the SEC championships get in price is twice as much as the other four combined for the get-in price. It's pretty crazy to think that the, um, the price is as high as it is. 42 bucks to watch Oregon-Washington. Well, for, uh, for the ACC championship, considering it's in Charlotte. Yeah. You know, I was thinking yeah. if it's in Florida somewhere with Florida State playing, you, you'd understand, but that's not, that's not a really quick drive from Louisville to Charlotte and certainly not a quick one from, from Tallahassee or the state of Florida. So uh, good for that game to have that level of interest. And now SEC fans will claim that because that get-in price, you can't leave an SEC team out. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> Guys, it was $500 get-in price for this championship game. You're I could watch me, Oregon or Washington for $42. Telling me you're going to leave someone out of this because of that? Come on. We can watch Texas for a little over 50 bucks right now. Yeah. How they're dare out. you? They're out. Get, the Longhorns are not deserving. Yeah. I don't care that they won by double digits in Tuscaloosa. It cost me $30 to get in their championship game. That is not a program worthy of a playoff spot. If, uh, again, I, I agree with what you said, Chad, about the, the deserving factor, you know, earning it, the resume, all that. Uh, and it doesn't match up with the best teams. If ESPN truly maneuvered this, Bama and Georgia would be in, right? Yep. If again, Bama wins, who would be left out of these brands? Texas is going to be in. 
Texas in and Michigan in in what under what circumstances? I'm just thinking about the brands for ESPN. Like again, having the the rights and owning the college football playoff the way they do, and how they would try to stack this because they would want the Big 12's final season with Texas and just the you know the brand of Longhorn football. Yeah, like it, look, if we got into just what do they want? Florida State's out. Yeah, even though the ACC has their contract, Florida State's out. I I really think that you're going to get mammoth ratings if there's not an SEC team in it. Really? I really do. I I think it's only going to help the future health of the whole sport nationally, too, if that were to happen, because it's not as if the SEC is just going to go into a hole and die. They're coming back even stronger, and then they're going to feel slighted. Everyone in the South is going to feel slighted if not one SEC just, team is in. I just think the the mass the mammoth ratings would be Michigan against the SEC. I think Michigan against anyone is going to do well. But I'm saying uh, because it, of the controversy around them, also the, the Goliath though would be is Michigan going to prove it after not being able to do it in back to back years in the playoff after doing it against the Big Ten. I feel like 2013 when Florida State ended up winning it all with Jameis Winston. Yes. I want to say that semi where it was Jameis Winston versus Marcus Mariota. Florida State and Oregon, that did really, really well. And then Florida State beat Auburn in the national championship game that year. But I'm trying to think of like how would Florida State rate with a backup quarterback? Probably not as well as an Alabama or Georgia, right? So yeah. Again, just look at this from television perspective. The worst team involved is Washington. Even Oregon has more national cachet. You're right. So that that's the worst one involved. That's the one I want to see in. Yeah, they, I, I'm just I'm tired of the same teams. Like there to me is a fatigue factor of every year. We're we, talking we're Ohio State, get, Michigan, but we Alabama, get that Georgia. Next year though, we get that next year. We do. This yeah. year, I want to see the story. This has been a pretty chalk season. And I want to see Michigan have to prove it. I want to, if, if Oregon or Washington, I, I think Washington can play with anybody. Oregon can too. I want to see them have to prove it against the teams that are always there. Yeah. Again, instead, and again, that's just my, no, no, I don't have a dog in the hunt here in the fight. I, I want to see, Oregon against Bama or Georgia, not Oregon against Florida State. That's that's where I'm coming from on it. But I, I agree that an unbeaten ACC champ should be in the college football playoff. I'm trying to make sure I'm not leaving anything out here. So I'm now we're going past head to head to just resumes. That's right. So and we're, we're not even mentioning Ohio State. Let's but. talk again about Alabama wins. All the other undefeateds win the championship. So those three undefeateds are in. Then the decision comes down to Alabama or Texas, a one-loss conference champion. In that scenario, Alabama would have a win over number one in America on a neutral site against Georgia, right? Outside of that, Hutton, they will have beaten number 11, Ole Miss, number 13, LSU, and number 21, Tennessee, all at home. Nothing else away from Tuscaloosa. Okay, Texas, on the other hand, will have a win over number 18 Oklahoma State on a neutral site, which would be in the Big 12 championship. The win at number eight Alabama, the head-to-head. They would have Which a, does not happen at home for, for against Saban. Right, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to I'm, I'm making sure I'm not leaving anything else out. Oklahoma, and a win over it, number 25 Kansas State. And then the, lo- the wins, but then the loss to... Have they played Oklahoma State already too? Uh, would this be I a second win over Oklahoma State? I don't... I need to go back and double check. I don't think they've played... 
But those would be the three wins. So, so again, I, don't, I still don't see mathematically how you're just doing backflips over Alabama's strength of wins as much as Texas, other than, yes, they would have just knocked off Georgia in the SEC championship game, which is very valuable. Well, it just comes back but to... But it's not enough. I'm, I'm getting back to the point that... The committee's already telling us where they're that is enough to erase the head-to-head game right. we saw in Tuscaloosa. And that, and that head-to-head helps Texas right now, where they're ranked. Every single tie-break scenario that I've been a part of my entire life playing or watching sports typically begins with the first tiebreaker being head-to-head. So I, I do want to keep that in mind with these teams that we're comparing. If there's a head-to-head, that should outweigh others. Now, if it's just head-to-head and there's something crazy going on with the resume where you've got you know five top ten wins or something that's way better than the other team, then you w- weight that against each other. But head-to-head's got to matter here. T- Texas should be the team that's in, not Alabama. And, uh, and I, I agree. I think they, they are very deserving. Because I think the, the argument would be, oh, Alabama just got the – that's the best win of the year. Well, if that's true on the neutral site – Texas went to Tuscaloosa and beat the team that just had the win of the year. Now, none of this may end up mattering because I'm also looking around and seeing Florida State possibly playing with a third-string quarterback now. Right. Maybe Louisville gets them, and they're, they're out of the mix. And then it makes way for some of these we, other teams. Oregon is almost a double-digit favorite tonight against Washington. Crazy. There is something to be thankful for today. And just realizing, if Iowa would have scored 13 points against Minnesota, they'd be a one-loss team. And if they were to shock everyone and beat Michigan... They'd be in the playoff. They would be a Big Ten champ with one loss in the college football playoff. Uh, Iowa has the most disgusting team to win 10 games in the history of college football. I think you'd have to go back to before the war to find a team that has been this bad offensively that has won 10 games. Now, you can look at that and say it's a miracle and this team should be celebrated for this offense and they won 10 games. That defense should absolutely be celebrated. They also played in one of the most miserable divisions in the history of Power 5 football in the Big Ten West. But I'm going to save it for the top 10 college games, but I've got some stats on Iowa that's just a couple of them that are just mind-blowing how bad it's been for a team that's won 10 games. And they are a close loss against Minnesota away from this being a win-and-end game to the college football playoff. Remarkable. Remarkable Jack, job. Uh, the, the NBA lost, lost the luster a, a while back, right? Uh, a while back. Since Michael Jordan retired. <laughs> sure. But, yeah, They but, had some bright spots yeah, after that. It's not been all Kobe, bad. Kobe, Jack, and that, yeah. you know, that whole era. Uh, and, and LeBron's early years, whatever. Um, early but, Warriors was er, a fun, fun one to follow. That's where we start with our, our headlines uh, today with uh, LeBron James considering uh, and, and will uh, just skip a Lakers game. Take the day off, I guess, if Bronny James is going to make his college debut on the same evening. Now, uh, for those that missed the headline, Bronny James with the cardiac arrest what, a little more than four months ago, he's back at practice and will be back playing uh, and will make a debut in college basketball for USC sometime soon. And LeBron is saying, hey, I'm looking forward to his first game. I've already told my teammates that if they're playing on the same day we're playing, I'm going to go catch them the next game. Family over everything. Um, the, the perfect scenario is that he's opening on a night where LA, where the Lakers don't have a game, and he's opening in Los Angeles. Um, 
at home for USC. But this, this goes to two things that I think of. Number one, they have the load management rules now in play for the NBA. So you know, you know the, the floor of games that you need to play in to qualify for all the awards and everything else, whatever. This goes to the insignificance of the NBA regular season. And Chad, it points to the fact that he's willing just to, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm taking a sick day. I'm going to go watch the, my, the, my, my son play. And I also think that the health issue here is also going to help the perception of what he's doing with the debut for, for Bronny compared to it's just his debut in college basketball. Well, the, the health thing, fine. Uh, all right, that, that, I, I get part of that. But he's also been around him, you know, as he's I, recovering. Yeah. He's been practicing, and now he's going to be and he, playing right. the game. He's been in LA. Yeah, you're right. LeBron James makes $49 million this season, okay? He just signed a two-year, $99-plus-million-dollar contract. $99 million of that, which is guaranteed money. If it does not matter to them, why should I care? This is my issue with the NBA. I don't know what the stakes really are. If LeBron James is going to leave to go watch his son play a basketball game and not play under a $49 million contract for the Los Angeles Lakers and everyone's just supposed to say, okay, great, fine, do whatever you want. Load management was a thing a year ago. This is just a a creative way to, to involve load management and take a night off. Then, look, he's got, if the team is going to allow him to do it, fine, great for him. But why should anyone care if it doesn't really matter to them? We loved Ohio State-Michigan because the stakes were so incredibly high. Stakes matter in sports. And I just don't know what the stakes are if it's just, hey, pick up and go watch your son play and and don't go to work. When work involves, by the way, cashing a $49 million paycheck for the season. I don't Shouldn't disagree. Shouldn't those 82 dates matter? Well, well, I think so. Unless you're injured or sick, there's still you're a playing. way. There's still a way to make all this work where he's not going to miss any games. Um, I agree with the family over everything. Family over work. Yeah, and son's all that. in the hospital or ill or you um, know all of that. Yes, so like go be with your family. But USC's next two home games, I think, do conflict with the schedule. I would not put it past USC to schedule his debut on an off day for the Lakers. After their next two home games for the Lakers, they are on the road. They play against Auburn. USC does. They play against Auburn, and then is it Alabama State or one of the schools there in, in Alabama? It's not, it's not the University of Alabama. And those are both days where the Lakers don't play. So I won't put it past the debut to be scheduled where he's there and the eyeballs are on the product. Where you've got LeBron in attendance and... It's one game for USC before Bronny plays. That'll be the televised game where LeBron's there before the Lakers play again. Yeah, they've got coming up Gonzaga, big one, Long Beach State, at Auburn, at Alabama State. Okay. Is the one you're mentioning. Those two in Alabama are off days for the Lakers. Yeah, and then they're in the Pac 12 play. After that, it's at Oregon to open Pac 12 play. The other. The other tidbit on the rule, because they, they put the floor on how many games you can miss for load management. You can't intentionally sit out a nationally televised game on ABC if you're not injured. 
And I, I don't believe you can have back-to-back -back games where you're just resting on, on, on the road. I think that's in there. And if it's not, it's encouraged that you don't. But if, you're, if one of these games is the ABC Sunday game or whatever, Chad, that's a, that's a fine coming to the, the organization and, I guess, to him. I, I, I guarantee that's not going to happen. They would work around this. Yeah, and I, family I just, over everything, he can, he can say all this, and that's great because I, I agree with him. But he can also not miss a game, and they, he wins both, and he's going, you have LeBron and Bronny at the USC game, potentially on the road. Imagine LeBron at Alabama State for his son's college debut. Yeah, at Alabama look, State, and that, I, that would be televised. Oh, yeah. I, I just – how much does it matter in the NBA? And I have a hard time getting an emotional Wait. attachment to a sport that was trumpeting load management, and then this happens. You're going to not play the game to go watch your son play in his debut, but you're not going to be there for the rest of the game. I, I just – whatever. Yeah. If you're emotionally attached to the NBA or NBA team, more power to you. Clint Sterner joins us. We preview the championship games and what's going on at Arkansas with the former Razorback. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Uh, Chad, our, our next guest as we jump in to preview some of the championship weekend games for college football and get some insight on, on Arkansas and Bobby Petrino being back as well as what's going on with Sam Pittman. It may haunt uh, some, some fans uh, for, for Arkansas fans back in the day against Tennessee. I know you're, you're one of those who's very proud of our next uh, guest. Yeah, I don't think he likes to talk about oh, it. Yeah, well, uh, we, we've we've uh, had him on before, though. We, we've done that before. I, I, I was going to introduce him as former Nashville cat, Clint Sterner, and because back. I feel like no one ever says yeah. uh, well, anything about his time with the Nashville Cats. Uh, Clint Sterner joins us, <laughs> former Arkansas uh, Razorback quarterback. Uh, Clint, uh, uh, last time we had you on, you were, you were great when talking about it. We won't bring up the, the bad memories there, but anytime Clint Sterner hey, is mentioned, hey. it's Nashville Cats, and it's, of course – uh, SEC football. Well, now it's a uh, radio extraordinaire uh, on, on John McClain station. That's it. Uh, 610 Sports Radio there in yeah. Houston where you're on 2 to 6 p.m. every day, Clint. Hey, look, fellas, I'll take it all, man. Bring the, the <laughs> Tennessee ball, the Arkansas, the 1998, 1999. I love my time with the Cats, man. It was absolutely tremendous. The city of Nashville is second to none for me, man. So, uh, I, hey, bring it all, man. I'm in the media game. As y'all know, if you're in this game, you can't hide. So. Hey, man. Uh, we, we can talk about it all, brother. I'm game. Well, we, we can absolutely we'll be, join us here. We'll, we'll grab a beer of moonshine with you next time you're in, in Nashville. Hey, come on. Uh, uh, hey, Bobby Petrino's back. Whenever he's out at Arkansas, compared to the way the response has been now that he's, the, again, the offensive coordinator calling play, what's been the response from Arkansas and the fan base? Look. I think the response has been overall positive, man. Um, I mean, we, you got to take into account where the program was with Sam Pittman. I mean, they, they got skull drugged by Auburn and uh, in Missouri. They got beat by Mississippi State's backup quarterback and, and a, a coach that got fired a week later. 
all of that at home, one of them on homecoming. And so the program was in a, a really, really bad spot. And, and Sam Pittman, um, you know, his job was in jeopardy. Ultimately, he had to make a grand slam hire. And uh, I didn't know how he was going to do it. I didn't know who he was going to go get. I, it wasn't going to be an up and comer. Um, and so it shocked me that he got Bobby Petrino. But but once I heard the news, guys, I, I think the, the fan base, of a lot of the fan base is like I am. Um, I think it's a grand slam hire for multiple reasons. I'm, I'm sure we'll get into those. But um, this is a huge hire for Sam Pittman, not only for his own job security, but look for the future of, of Arkansas football. And let's go back a little bit on that, Clint. What was your reaction when you found out that Sam Pittman was staying? Because I think a lot of people maybe assumed that that Arkansas was going to be one of those SEC programs looking for a new coach. What was your reaction when you got that news? I didn't know how Sam Pittman was going to manage to keep his job. If I'm being completely honest, it's um, when you're, when you're not necessarily an offensive minded or defensive minded uh, head coach, you're not a play caller. Um, you're more of a CEO overseeing things and, and, and all the guys that he had overseen, um, it had been a really rough year. And, and I don't know, it appeared that he had lost the locker room. Um, you know, it, it, it appeared that got all of the guys that, that were playing against Missouri with all the fight and the pushing after the, after the whistle, um, a lot of the, the, the way the guys responded when they were, when they were getting beat embarrassingly the last month of the season, um, you know, I, I didn't think there was any way he was going to keep his job. I, I thought he'd lost the locker room. And um, anytime Arkansas is that close to Vanderbilt in the rankings, no offense to all my Nashville folks, but when you're that close to, to uh, Vanderbilt in the rankings, it's going to be hard to keep a job. So I thought Bobby, I mean, I thought uh, Sam Pittman had, had uh, done enough to, to be replaced. Is there any scenario where Sam Pittman gets fired this year or after this next year? and Bobby Petrino is an option for Arkansas to be elevated, or is this just more of a let's hire Bobby Petrino and see if he can save Sam Pittman's job, but if he can't, everybody there at Arkansas is out and you're going to a new regime. Well, look, I think you got to take into consideration who Arkansas is. I, I think Hunter Yurchek, Sam Pittman, Bobby Petrino, I think they are very aware that Arkansas is, is ultimately a middle-of-the-pack, eight-win football team. Uh, that's the expectations. Now the fan base may expect a little bit more, but, uh, but I think that's the realistic expectation. And if Bobby Petrino puts a, a solid enough offense on the field year, year one, I believe they get, they get to eight. If not, they get to seven. I, I think they get there. And, and with that being said, there's no way that uh, it not, not after one year, there's no way that Hunter Yurchek would, would move on from, from Sam Pittman and hire Bobby Petrino. Now you look, I think Bobby Petrino has got a three-year deal. Um, you know, three years into this thing, if the offense is rocking and rolling, the defense has got a lot of turnover and, and not not improving, then I can see Bob Petrino possibly being in that conversation. But I, I don't think after one year, no. And Clint, speaking of turnover, a lot of turnover with quarterback all over the country, right? Yeah. With the transfer portal and Arkansas not immune to it. KJ Jefferson announcing his atten- intention to, to enter the transfer portal. Uh, is it as simple as go find a guy that fits with Bobby Petrino and what he wants to do now for Arkansas? What, what do you think about the outlook at quarterback and sort of your reaction to this new era where quarterbacks are, are one and done left and right all over the place uh, in college football? Yeah. Well, I, I think overall, we talked about this on our show yesterday here in Houston, man, these quarterbacks that are anywhere from a million dollar to $2 million quarterbacks that, that blows my mind. Now, if you're a program, let's take A&M for instance, where, all the stars are aligned and, and you've got talent to win uh, at, at a, at, you know, compete with Alabama's and Georgia's. And, and then you've also, you've also got, um, you know, a coach that's hired from somewhere where like Riley Leonard 
uh, was the quarterback. Now, he, he may be worth a million dollars, but I don't think just generally speaking that uh, good college quarterbacks are worth a million dollars or two million dollars for any program. So um, I, I, I love players getting paid. Absolutely love players getting paid. But I think the million to two million dollars for a quarterback across the country is, is crazy talk. Now you look at Arkansas, and um, it, it's it's not just as easy as go find a guy that fits with Bobby Petrino. While it's easy to find a guy that fits with Bobby Petrino, he's had a ton of success with guys that are built like Ryan Mallett, all the way to guys that are built like Lamar Jackson. So I think you can Bobby can make dang near any style quarterback work if he can spin it around the park. But the dynamic is, what do you do with KJ Jefferson? What does KJ Jefferson want to do? Uh, is he interested in a rebuild at Arkansas? Does he want to go somewhere, make a million plus dollars and, and hopefully get in, in a spot where he can have a chance to win a national championship? The quarterback dynamic at Arkansas right now is while it's going to, it's going to all unfold in the next month. Um, it is, it's very interesting right now. But Sterner, our guest, it, it, uh, KJ Jefferson, the quarterback, he's being linked to a couple of other SEC programs. I know Auburn's been thrown in the mix. You mentioned the different dynamic uh, quarterbacks that Petrino has coached Clint. If K.J. Jefferson is not at Arkansas, do you think he's a version of what we've seen from Bo Nix where he leaves and does better somewhere else? Or is he, with Petrino, missing a great opportunity? And by the way, I believe he's 22. Bo Nix is 23. It's a very similar <laughs> setup. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think K.J. Jefferson uh, is, is as elite a passer of the football as Bo Nix in some of the, in some of the, the higher-known better known college college quarterbacks right now that the higher number that, that when you're talking about Heisman trophy caliber right. guys, I just don't think KJ Jefferson spins it that well. He's not a natural passer of the football. KJ Jefferson has a ton of success when he's in that run first downhill Kendall Browse type of offense, Gus Malzahn type of offense. I think that's where KJ's at right now. Does he go somewhere where he can hopefully win a national title and the, the offensive coordinator is going to play to his strengths or does he go somewhere like Arkansas, stay at Arkansas or somewhere else and try to develop into what the NFL is looking for. KJ Jefferson is in a really, really strange place because what you can't afford to do is have another season like you had this year at Arkansas. Then you're completely off the radar, right? If he goes somewhere and he's a dual, true dual threat guy that maybe has, has some, some uh, holes in his game, then the NFL will, will entertain it. But boy, if, if you're, if you've got holes in your game and you're you're not a winning quarterback, the NFL is not going to be interested. So we'll see what KJ does. I, I think it's it's one of the one of the more interesting quarterback situations in, in all of college football. You know, when I think of NIL immediately, it's like word association. The first yeah. school I think about is Texas A and M. You know, and then maybe I think about Tennessee and some others. But obviously, the major programs—Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Texas—they all have great NIL collectives and, and programs in place as well. When I think Arkansas, I, I do think money. I think Tyson. I think Walmart. I think Jerry Jones. Right. So where is Arkansas in terms of NIL and support when it comes to paying players name, image, likeness? Well, this is one of the things that, that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of how Sam Pittman in Arkansas handled it while it was going on when it was new to everybody. But in hindsight, you look back at it and kind of how things have unfolded and you look at A&M, I think it was $30 million or something that they, that they budgeted for NIL year one. I, that, may, that number may not be spot on, but it was something – in that range. And, and Arkansas is just announcing that they're, they're starting this collective and really starting to push their collective. So they're, they're way behind uh, the rest of the country as it pertains to NIL. And I, and I just don't know that Arkansas 
shouldn't be one of the teams that's on the cutting edge because it would be a huge advantage, right, guys? You talk about NIL right after we talked about K.J. Jefferson, and I think this is the case with a lot of teams in the country. Is is that quarterback, when when, when you pay a guy with the, the, the big monies in NIL, is that quarterback going to take you to the next level and give you a chance to win a conference title or win, win a – a national championship. If not, I don't know how you pay that guy that kind of money. So again, going back to KJ Jefferson in Arkansas, it's one of those where is is that money better spent, better invested in offensive line uh, or or defensive line where Arkansas struggles year in year out. So it is a it is a very interesting dynamic in terms of of the NIL. And and you mentioned JB Hunt, Tyson, Walmart. Arkansas should be even though they got started late. Arkansas should be guys. They should be one of the uh, more well-supported NIL collectives uh, in the country, if we're being completely honest. So while they've got a little late jump, hopefully they'll catch up, and the big names that we've both just thrown around will be in the mix. Been plenty of uh, uh, championship games to, to preview with you. We can do it and, and, and sum it up with tonight and tomorrow with this. When we're back on Monday doing our shows, what's the, what's the college football playoff look like? Which four are in? Wow, man, your, your guess is as good as mine. I think the beautiful thing this year, guys, is, is that that really all four um, conference championship games actually matter. You have to win or you're not in, right? You add to that, you look at at, uh, at the um, that Florida State situation with their quarterback, man. Um, you know, if he doesn't go down, if they, they win the ACC, they're a lot to get in. But right now you look at it with their backup quarterback. If they go into this championship game against – Louisville and they've got to they've got to uh, protect their quarterback with the run game and it's obvious to all of us watching that they they're scared to throw the football. I don't know how you put them in the college football playoff. Now I also don't know how you keep an undefeated conference champion, Power Five champion, out of the out of the college football playoffs. You look at Texas. Can Texas go beat Oklahoma State and then be that that fourteen that can jump in there? I mean, I, I just I don't know what it ends up looking like, guys. But I, I'll tell you who I think the best four football teams are in college football right now. I think you got Georgia. I, I'm going with Oregon over Washington. Okay. And then, and then, I, and then obviously depending on, I've been with Florida state all year long. I'm going to, I'm going to ride Florida state. And then I think Texas gets in, you know, the Houston's a huge market, obviously. And I'm thinking in terms of college football, it's probably, you know, Texas and A&M are right there, you know, one and two, one or the other in terms of interest. Yeah. I'm curious where Houston Cougar football ranks. And how that job is viewed in the city of Houston, because and people I talked to in college football, Clint, would say that's the program I'd watch when they entered the Big 12 as one. If they get it right with their support in terms of money from Fertitta uh, and their recruiting base, they could be really good in the Big 12. Do you see it that way? And what what direction should they go with this hire? And look, I, I think the Big Twelve is is there for the taking. I mean, before before Oregon announced where they were headed, I, I we, we had a lot of conversations about where does Oregon go, um, and and I, I thought, hey man, they should be fighting tooth and nail to get into the Big Twelve because number one, the Big Twelve is not going anywhere, and if you want to have an easy path to the college football playoff every year, the easiest path, I guess, path of least resistance, it's going to be the Big Twelve. So to answer your question, I think the Big Twelve is is really there for the taking once Oklahoma and Texas leave and and u of h while it's going to be a few years i I think u of h does and i think it's realistic i I think they will be competitive um when they get this higher i think it's going to end up being willie fritz is is the 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 most uh i guess um i guess recently willie fritz is the one that everybody's talking about i think if he gets in there you give him two or three years i think he'll be competitive in the big 12 it's there for the taking boys it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that landscape 
unfolds here. Clint, about a minute left here, maybe a, a loaded question you could spend an hour on. Um, if Michigan wins the national title, how are you going to remember that team? Man, look, I, it's Michigan's a tough one for me. I'll be honest with you, the Big, the big Ten is a tough one for me, boys. Um, but I, I know you're referring to the, the, the sign stealing yeah. scandal. Um, and, and I, I don't, I, it, for me personally, it doesn't, it doesn't tarnish the, the championship. Look, but you're talking to a guy that's an Astros fan. <laughs> so, well, hey. I mean, I mean, I, look, I, I it's, just, a, it's a mixed well, reaction think, for sure. Sure. Well, look, you, you got to police these guys, man. You can't let the adults in the equation, uh, you know, screw things up in college football, even more so than they already have, obviously. But when, when you look at what kind of true advantage it, it, it actually was for whatever period of time it was going on. Um, I just don't think it's to the point where the players deserve to have a national championship tarnished or a big 10 championship tarnished. So I, I stopped the buck with, with, uh, with Jim Harbaugh before I get to tarnishing championships and, and, um, disciplining players or, or, um, you know, holding players accountable right. to any degree. Ben Sterner, uh, always uh, great to catch up with you again, man. And, uh, hope things are well, uh, thank you for the time enjoy all the games and hopefully we'll catch up soon, man. Hey, man, look forward to it. Thanks for having me, guys. There's Clint Sterner, Sports Radio 610, and, and much more with his college football analysis. Chad does a great job. Does a great job. Big, was, big deal there in Houston. Chad does a great job uh, with his top games of the week. We'll preview championship games and more all coming up on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Yeah, we got some championship games in college football to uh, not just preview today, but also know how to bet, know how to uh, win some money. And let, we need to make up ground for what we've done in previous weeks. Not because of you mean what like our guest actually is. win. Yeah, one actually time? follow what Kelly in Vegas is about. Yeah, to I, I tell would just us. like to win something, anything, anything. One time, just one win. That's all I need. I need a win, is what I need more than anything else. Kelly, Kelly can help with that. Absolutely, she can. Uh, Outkick host uh, with the Fade. You can uh, check her out with Clay on the Fade, and that's where the advice really comes in. Not just there, but also here. Kelly, good to see you. Hope things are well. Hey, what's up, guys? You know, that's how I feel in the NFL this week. Three and one last week in college football. Great. Yes. NFL, not great. Not, you have, you've not been great on a roll, all. though, recently. Have you not? Uh, it's been better than, than... I remember the wins. Expected. I remember the wins, too. College football has been really good to me. NFL, man, I swear, every year I say, you know what, I'm going to keep it light. I'm going to play just a few games. And next thing I know, it's Thanksgiving. I've got three bets here. And then I got three bets on side. That's not what I do. You got to show some discipline. But it was Thanksgiving, my birthday weekend. I got a little out of control and uh, thought it was a good idea. And I got smacked in the mouth by the bookmakers. <laughs> uh, Chad and I both lost the Lions play last week on Thanksgiving. It was bad. It was, uh, was, it was bad. a rough, rough turkey day for the Lions. <laughs> really uh, rough. Tell us... Uh, which uh, which of the two of us two of us will have the the 
the rough day with our, our bet here. Uh, Chad, I want you to lead off because I think she's – I think Kelly's going to side with you. Oh, I, I based don't think on, so. Based I, on I – uh, I, I, mean, I think the majority opinion would go against me and what I'm going to do this weekend. Yeah, the dude that was just clamoring for a win, saying all I need in life is one win, she's probably not going to side with me. But possible third-string quarterback for Florida State in the ACC championship game. A defense that's good, led by Jared Verse. Two running games that are pretty good. Louisville's offense, uh, hit or miss throughout the season. Jeff Brom, very good offensive coach, though. I'm going to go under in that game. I'm not confident about what's going to happen. Right now, Florida State down to a one-and-a-half point favorite. But the under 46-and-a-half, I think this is a low-scoring game that I think Florida State wins, but I'm going under in the ACC championship game. Kelly, I am taking Bama straight up to beat Georgia in the SEC title on Saturday. Uh, no one's really discussing the tide, and no one's really discussing Georgia going for a three-peat. And I love the way that Saban has continued to progress with the talent on his roster, and I like the way Milrow's been playing. I like kind of the, the swagger that the tide have versus where they were in September. And they can win close games. I obviously think it's going to be close. And I think Alabama wins the SEC championship. And I think we have a little bit of chaos in the, uh, the whole sorting of the college football playoff this weekend. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Nick Saban as an underdog, 15 and nine versus undefeated teams in his lifetime as a head coach. So I'm with you. I took the six with Bama. I actually am going to sprinkle a little bit on that money line. This is so reminiscent of the 2021 SEC championship game. The whole world was on Georgia and I was going, why aren't we taking Nick Saban as an underdog? I think that's going to be the case here. I think Bama's going to screw a little things up, but probably more than anything, two SEC teams are going to get in the championship game. Let's go back to Chad's play because okay. I don't dislike the under. Oh, I'm thank not going to. She can't say she likes it, it though. Finally. She didn't say she I don't, This is the closest to a compliment Kelly's ever going to pay anything that I've ever I done in life is I don't dislike <laughs> it. But go ahead. Go ahead, Kelly. But. What is here's it? here's my one caveat. I actually do think uh, that Roadmaker is going to be the starting quarterback for the Knolls. He practiced the last two days. If he's got a concussion, well, it was limited why is he though, practicing? right? It was limited. They said. Well, let's let's be honest here. This is Mike Norvell playing the hand he's dealt. I actually don't hate him for being very vague, but living in Florida now, I get really great information either out of okay, Tallahassee good. or Gainesville. Love it. And uh, I know that there's some conflicting reports, but I trust my guy. Uh, he thinks it's all little rumor mill to play into an advantage here. So if you like the Knowles, I think that they're actually probably worth a play here at one and a half. Initially in the week, I liked Louisville. If you remember, I bet against both these teams last week. I was on Kentucky and I was on Florida. So I thought, hey, look, I might be on Jeff Brom here, but we've seen what he does in big games. And that is drop a big fat L. I cannot trust him here. And I have, for one, been a very, well, let's just put it this way. I've not been very nice about Mike Norvell and some of his shortcomings over the last couple of years. I saw this team in person several times, and I thought he's never going to do it. And this year he's got the defense. Unfortunately, he had the quarterback. I think the Knolls are going to be able to squeak out a win here, but I think it is going to be a low-scoring, ugly game. It could be, let's call it 21-20 final. Shock the world uh, and get the win and get into the college football playoffs. So you're taking 
to translate here. You're taking both of our picks. You think both could hit? Which one do you I'm like taking, more than the other? I'm, I'm taking, taking money line, by the way. I'm taking money line. Of Yes, I will be on Alabama money line. Okay. I think they're absolutely worth a small sprinkle. Me personally, I'll have three units on Alabama, a half unit on the money line. That's how I like to break it up when I bet my dogs. Um, because sometimes I can get a little out of control on the money line. I get addicted to that plus money. And so it's my, my disciplinary ways to myself to not go off the rails too much. As I mentioned, I did on Sunday. So three units, Alabama plus six, I'm going to take some of the plus 185 so, plus 190. Kelly, thank you it. for liking my bet also now, not picking it, but at least being okay with it. Uh, I can get me into it. Well, good. Let's let's all bet that. Let's all win. Kelly Stewart with us. Kelly let's in Vegas. Uh, I, I get a sprinkle. Chad is not disliked today. I get uh, based on the phrase. I get like one salt pellet. Yeah. If you get the sprinkle, <laughs> I get one salt pellet thrown on my under. Let's uh, let's hit some other games that uh, that you like. And uh, Troy and App State is where you're starting of the championship matchups. Where Troy currently favored by five and a half. I, yeah, this one I bet early in the week. I missed the seven. I did take the six and a half. This was almost my best bet this weekend. App State has been awesome as an underdog. We have seen this team 12-1 and 1 against the spread in their last 14 games as a dog. How can I not keep yeah. writing this team? I bet them versus JMU. I was kicking myself. As you know, uh, there was a prominent party that day in, yes, uh, at James Madison. And I said, all right, they're not going to lose with all the lights, all the cameras, but I'll take the double digits. So I took the 10 and a half, lose outright. And I am still kicking myself, so I'm not kicking myself anymore. I think App State is going to give Troy a hell of a fight. I watched this Troy team a couple times this year, most notably because my Kansas State Wildcats uh, played them week two. And I said, okay, what is Troy good at? Troy is good at hitting those deep balls against weak defensive backs, but that's ultimately the way they're going to win this game. I do think it's going to come down to the wire. I do think App State is also worth a sprinkle. We spent a lot of time over the week discussing if Texas wins the Big 12, what happens if Bama upsets? Well, Texas and Oklahoma State, how are you playing this game? Well, I mentioned Nick Saban as an underdog. You know who's better as an underdog? Well, his name is Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy, 22-8, and eight, straight hmm. up. That is incredible. No wonder I love Mike Gundy so much. And not only is he a great guy, love to hear him whenever he's on air. He is one of my favorites. And uh, the last time I bet on this team was against Oklahoma. I said, you don't need the points, take the money line. And that is what they do. Are they going to be able to upset Texas? I have my concerns here, but this is a, not a play against Texas, but keep an eye. It, if the Cowboys are down double digits at half, I'm taking them second half. Texas is not a team that is built to keep their foot on the throttle. I think this is going to be an Ollie Gordon show, even though Texas has shown that they can stop the run at times, they're going to have to make the Cowboys one dimensional. I'm not sure they can do that. This team is already reading their press clippings about how they're somehow going to get in the college football playoff. I got news for them. Even if Alabama does upset Georgia, which I think they might, Texas is still not getting into the college football playoff. 14 and a half right now for Texas uh, laying those points. Chad, uh, Gundy, she, she agrees with Gundy, loves Gundy. Gundy, who uses the SEC to get raises at Oklahoma State, will then be the champion of the Big 12 as Texas leaves for the SEC. Are you pro-mullet, anti-mullet? on Gundy. Oh, I'm always pro mullet. The team, whenever you're about to like watch a game and they zoom in on the guy with the mullet, just bet that team. They're going to win by a hundred. It, it it's, uh, it's been a joke of mine for a long time. It also looks like a well-conditioned mullet, like definitely conditioner in that mullet spent. when he had it. Uh, no yeah, doubt about I think, it. Listen, I think there was a point in time where 
it wasn't cool to have a mullet. And that's when he had the mullet. Now that everybody is team mullet, he's like, well, I'm too old to have a mullet. I need carpenter pants and cargo shorts to come back when those aren't cool. But there was a time when they were, Chad. What a time to be alive if you're Tracy Lawrence at this point in time (laughs) with the mullet. Um, Kelly, overs for Iowa this year. Uh, I don't think they fared too well. But should we be changing our mind a bit with this over-under in the Big Ten championship game? Yeah, I think you have to. Uh, Iowa is going to get some sort of defensive score, right? We know that that's what they do. Uh, That is going to pile on there. When you have a spread that's currently 21 and a half, pretty much on all the odd screens, it did open 23 and a total of 35, which is now basically 34, or at least headed in that direction. It's wild. Now, this is the largest spread of any Big Ten conference championship game in history, right? I think there was like one with Ohio State a few years ago. They were 16 and a half point favorites. But this is just mind boggling. I can't take Iowa here. I really want to, but I feel like Michigan could just be going through the motions, right? They win, they're in. There's nothing to really think. They have to know they are sizable favorites here. And that's because everybody doesn't think Iowa can score. I actually think Iowa can score. I wouldn't be surprised to see this be, uh, you know, a 24-14 final. Iowa covers and it goes over the total. I know you love the Iowa defense for good reason. Michigan, though, I think wins big. They, Tony Petini's going to hand them the trophy. That, I mean, that, that alone, it, it throttle Iowa, and then you have Tony Petini on the stage. I, I can't wait to see the, the speech that Harbaugh gives the presser afterwards. Um, Washington, and in the line right now, as they take on Oregon, what's up with the line? What, Vegas has this as a, a large spread, and I, I, when it opened, what, how did you play it? Or did you? I took the under uh, 66 so we open 66 and a half. I took the under 66 mainly because what we saw in this first meeting was just absolute utter excellence. I don't think we're going to see that from Bo Nix and Michael Penix jr. Tonight. I think we're going to see a lot more defense and that actually is why this total is so high and it's coming down starting to see 65s on the odd screen. So I'm happy that somebody far smarter than myself agrees with me. Look, I'd love to take the dog here. You guys full disclosure. I have been on the Washington hype train all year long. The problem is, have they just been going through the motions the past few weeks? What's going on? Or has regression finally set in? And then on the flip side, I was big against Oregon. Do you guys remember? I think it was week three uh, when I was doing the show. I said, I love Texas Tech. I thought Texas Tech was going to win that game. Oh, what happened? Oh, yeah. Late pick six. Oregon gets the cover and I just get daggered. That was the first pick six that cost me a lot of money this year. And the reason why I wasn't that high on Oregon is because I didn't think they were a well-rounded team. Well, you know what they are right now? They're a well-rounded team. Bo, Bo Nix is, is fighting for his Heisman campaign. What happened in that first game, I think we need to kind of throw out the window because now we're here on a neutral field. I know that everybody is going to want to back the Ducks here. And I understand why. From my power ratings perspective, this team... I've never probably had a team move up as quickly as this Oregon Ducks team. As I mentioned, I was very low on them. I do think that they are going to get the win here. Are they going to get in the college football playoff? Well, if they uh, put a stamp on it, right, and make a statement, I think they might get in. Uh, but we've got time, 30 seconds here. I want to hit one NFL uh, line and spread for you. Uh, 49ers, Eagles, 49ers on the road at Philly. Currently, San Fran favored by two and a half. I, it, it's begging for Philly. How are you playing this, though? It, it, your answer will determine mine. 
Yeah, I'm all over the Niners. Look, I've been betting against Philly, and it's been costing me money, including last week. And I had the Bills plus three. Should have never been in a doubt. Should have never lost that football game. But we're not going to get into that. San Francisco does not forget what happened last year in the playoffs when Brock Purdy got knocked out. I think they come to play. Eagles, last year's Vikings team, 2.0. They are winning games. They shouldn't be winning. And uh, I think the reality is going to set in for them here on Sunday. Two and a half. Underdogs at home for Philly with one loss on the season against San Fran, who apparently, you know, all of a sudden Brock Purdy's good again to the national. Uh, Kelly, pundits. thank you for not hating my bet. Yeah. I appreciate it. That's the best best we can do. She thank loves you, Chad. Thank you so much, Kelly. We love you. Thank you so much. Love we'll you catch guys. Up. Yeah, see you. Kelly in Vegas gets it done. Follow her, you'll win. Coming up, the Pac-12. They haven't won as a conference this year, but they can win in the playoff. 